1: So let's look at the issues that we're talking about with Professor Moshe Nko. Prof, good evening. Welcome to Progressive Talk. Good evening, good evening. Thanks for the invitation. Eh? Thank you very much uh, uh, for being with us, Prof. I appreciate your time as always. Now, Prof, the country is remembering the last apartheid pro- president, F.W. de What was your first interaction with him, if you remember, perhaps?
0: Uh, my first interaction when uh, he was still on the staff of this time, uh, Poitier Strum, University. And I was then a student leader in the country. And and I went to Porch. Mm. And uh, when I went to Porch, I addressed members of Senate. And because I didn't agree with apartheid, I was given, you know, honorary white status. Mm. But when I started, you know, defying apartheid, I had to run out of town. Mm-hmm. So that's my first uh, comedy. That was like many, many years ago. You were given so very honorary unfriendly... white status. Yeah, those days you were given, if you are going to do something in the white area, you were given an honorary white status.
1: So you've been white before, Prof. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because, you know, those are the days when in the world, it was the days of Daytons now. Yeah. When Richard Nixon went to meet with Chairman Mao, yeah, there, uh, went to meet with Kaunda. Mm. And because I was a student leader in this country, I was, uh, I, 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 I was encouraged even by my own comrades mm. to go and talk to members of the African National Union Bond and users. Yeah. So I was there as a relative of, of, of a new global move to come to terms with the different oppositional ideologies. Right, but I didn't last more than an hour. There, I was chased out mm. because I took a different stance.
1: Prof. F.W. Clarke is the last apartheid president, and people talk about what role he played into the transition into democracy. What is your recollection mm. of such a role?
0: I'll tell you what. Let's start you know, uh, with the fact that uh, from 1985 to 1989, he headed the State Security Council. And that make me associate him mm. with the death of Chris Honey, Matthew Goniwe, Solomon Matlango, Steve Diko, Hero, Tamimi Yele, Samora Michelle, THC, you know, THC, mm. DeLiza, mm. and 15,000 Angolans who died in the Battle of Kurodavara. It reminds me of Albis ones who has been named for life. It reminds me of Anton Luboski, David Webster, Timor, it reminds me of uh, Father Michael Lapsley named for life. It reminds me of, of Samora and uh, Sadat and Penduka, and also t- t- Tandem Temple. And then, of course, what makes it worse? He, he has the cheek that came out to say that apartheid was not a crime against humanity. Mm. So i very painful memories about about it almost unforgivable memories.
2: Mm
1: about him from that of course a uh, prof because the people who would say he was instrumental i'm not sure that's a heavy word for him he, he, he mm. contributed somewhat in when we moved to democracy in unbanning of political parties and leaders and so on what do you make of his contribution there let me
0: tell you the, in those days we used to you know apartheid was 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 uh, dismissed as being against business. Mm. It caused a lot of economic uh, 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 damage. So it was not in the interest of the global flow of capital. Mm. That's why the American Congress and so many Western democracies you know, you know, mobilized against apartheid because it was not good for their economy. Mm. So so it was not because it was an ethical decision. He was, he was compelled by his supporters worldwide to move away from apartheid because apartheid was unproductive. Mm. So don't look do at that as an ethical decision. Mm. It, was a, it was an economic imperative mm. for him to move, to be in line with the, the market flow mm. of things. Yes. Mm.
1: Because I, I saw a column suggesting that he didn't make an I- idealistic decision; he made a pragmatic one. Because it Trust was and ne- forced to do it. Yeah, because it was necessary. You, you, you know, know those days.
0: We talk those days of global apartheid. Mm. Apartheid was sustained by 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 countries throughout the world who supported apartheid, not because of its ethical value. It had an economic advantage. Mm. But, but that, that's why it was not anything ethical. Mm. And when the Western democracy turned against apartheid, mm. it was also an economic decision and not a moral one.
1: Outside that, outside the decisions that he, he made, what was your view when he was um, given given the Nobel Peace Prize together with the former president Nelson Mandela? There,
2: You
0: see, the Nobel Peace Prize, in my opinion, in the context... Of apartheid in the mm. context of global capitalism, mm. it was really a symbolic gesture. It did mm. no material force.
2: Mm.
0: It was a symbolic gesture meant to create a mood in the world for business. Mm. So mm. it should not be considered an ethical and spiritual decision. Mm. It was a political calculation to make sure that South Africa stayed very central to, to, to the economic force in the world. It made space for that. Yeah. Be, be, be careful. You, know, you say the Nobel Prize, by the way, yeah. have their own politics. Mm,
2: mm, mm, mm.
0: Don't think it's all the objective, scientific, ethical. Yeah. It's a political institution, and they make political, political decisions. I'll tell you why. In the history of the Nobel Prize, Mm. There has been no single socialist economy, e- economist who ever won the Nobel Prize. Mm. Not even a single Marxist. So you must be careful about the Nobel Prize, you know, is fundamentally a political yeah. you know, gesture, and not a proven one.
1: As we stay on that, Prof, there are those that today are saying in the later latter days he tried to reimagine and, re, you know, there was a revisionist Idea around his his around uh, his approach around trying to shape how history would look at him and 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 so called contribution and and otherwise, uh, but that he never apologized or never accepted that um, this, uh, what what happened in the country, he called it separate development and and, and so on. I just read last week that someone was saying he was even thinking about the possibilities of being charged for apartheid crimes. What do you think was happening there?
0: When you are pushed by global economic forces Mm. to come to terms with the liberation movement, That doesn't amount to a sincere confession. It's a strategic retreat without abandoning your principles. If he really had changed hearts, like people like uh, Dr. Kornhoff, he would have joined the liberation movement. He would have joined the... Some people did, by the way, Mm. who joined the ANC when they realized that the stark ugliness of apartheid, Mm. he never did. Okay. Mm. So another test to me, if he really had embraced the ANC, if he really had embraced liberation, he would have joined the ANC. He couldn't do that. and He couldn't. He couldn't, yeah. You know, you must be careful, you know, that we're dealing here with mm. many families mm. who associate him with the death of loved ones. Yes. Don't, let's not be preoccupied with him. Mm. Let's be preoccupied with how to make amends yeah. for all those family losses. Let's come out with... Strategies that will make the death of loved ones worth it. Not what about the uh, drug? What are we doing to make sure so that the death of Steve people, the death of, of, uh, of Chris Haney yes, is being replaced by a profound system of economics? Mm. Let's do that. It's only where you find such replacement in the de- Consolation, yeah, and in the hearts of those who loved, who, who have lost their loved ones,
1: and and and, Prof, you know that, that point you make of uh, consolation and 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 so on. I just wonder when um, the first democratic parliament was constituted. And the clerk sat in the in in the benches there as co deputy president, and and there were uh, in the other benches members of the ANC and others who would have looked at a person who uh, fought them, who made them suffer, and so on. How was the relationship like then in the beginning?
0: It was a very and that's why they the, 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 what do you call it the government of, uh, of, uh, of opposites, you know, people who came together. It didn't last. And of course with me, I assess that effort mm. in terms of the extent to which it has come up with policies that address the problems of inequality. Mm. The policies that came out of the settlement to which he was a signatory, haven't haven't been able to to reduce substantially mm. poverty and unemployment. Mm. So you may not use the negotiation of which he was a major participant
2: mm.
0: as an excuse for pardoning him. Mm. There is settlement inside complicated our democracy, mm. and now we are working very very hard to make sure that we get rid. Of the legacies of the settlement. When you look very carefully everywhere, we had to settle, we had to negotiate because of the certain things that we can't do now. Mm. And in fact, the settlement has affected adversely the scope and the pace of change in this country.
1: I I seem to be hearing you to say there is no atonement whatsoever. No, there is no atonement.
0: No real atonement. Mm. Go back go and talk to Chris Hani's kids now. Go and tell you know when he was kids have written you know a book. Mm. My father died for this. Just mm. read that book. Mm. That boy was five months old when his father was killed by by black. By, by, by mm. He says when he looks at the the, the landscape now, he says, did my father die for this? Mm. Those are the people you should address, and not every bit lack. Yeah. Let's look at the existential conditions in which they lived and live now, mm-hmm. and then we'll deal with the politics and the ethics yeah. of the settlement.
1: Right. Thank you very much, Prof. Appreciate your time as always. We- Let's stay on the Diklak matter. Let's talk to somebody who was there. The Mr. Mbazma Shloa was there in the negotiation team of the ANC at Kodesa. He is a former general secretary of Kosatu, of course, and he joins us on the line. Mr. Shloa, good evening. Welcome to Progressive Talk. Yes, I'm I'm No, i not because the death of a human
0: being is not uh, important or should be celebrated, Mm. but because, like I've said to others, you know, I mean, um, here you're dealing with someone who, with sort of like very complex, contradictory history. Mm. You know, you can take him from, you know, where and how he grew up, a supporter of apartheid. You look at later when he was uh, in the Bruder Bond and later in the cabinet mm. with P.W. Porter and Foster. He was not amongst the enlightened ones. In mm. fact, at the time when he was the Minister of Education, you know, when he was the guy that uh, people had to go to to ask if they can be able to be accepted, say, quote unquote, in a white university such as that. UCT and others, very many people will tell you that you always uh, tend uh, them down. Of course, on the other hand, you've got to accept that, um, you know, in 1990, uh, following a number of events, first, there would have been functions, there would have been armed action, mm. there would have been strikes internally and marches, but there would also have been a settlement around Namibia, Angola, with the Russians, American and the Cuba. mm. Cubans. All of those, I think, would have become a confluence that led to him unbanning the ANC mm. and the rest of the liberation movement and so forth. Mm. But I think even as he did so, he thought that he'll be able to control the process, but he was not able to. Mm. And then lastly, I mean, if you look later... Mm. both during the negotiations there would have been a number of events that have happened mm. that he pretended he didn't know about mm. but which he should have known or happened under his watch the patong massacre the people that were killed in the trans Guy, where he went on television to say some terrorists uh, had been killed it turned out this when these were children mm. of course there was his support for Butelezi and the IFP and the number of people that have died. So you're really dealing with someone like that, and of mm. course, in the end, he would say yes, apartheid was wrong, mm. but not that very bad.
1: He, he says it's separate development. You, you you talk about he thought he would control what happened next. What do you think was his real aim for unbanning the political parties and political leaders? Well, of course, it would
0: be because, uh, one, as I said, there would have been a lot of pressure uh, internally from uh, the struggle by the various liberation movements. But there would also have been businesses that would have been feeling the pinch in terms of of sanctions. But I also have got no doubt that the U.S., the U.K. would have said to him, look, this is really the only way to go. But I say that he would have thought that he'll control the system because even in his position, he would always speak about the need to look at issues of group rights. Mm. So for him, you were not going to have majority rule. Mm. What you would have is that... um, Machangane, Batwonga, Basotu, Bazulu, English, White and everybody. Everyone would rule themselves and then you come together Mm. and then you give everybody group rights. And then, you know, you don't even have a majority Mm. uh, rule. Mm. You will continue to have a government of of national unity. Mm. I say this because these were the positions that they tabled But also, that's really what led him, Opa Kozo, Mangopen, Boutelezi, you know, to try and think they can change things. Mm. And in the end, in 1996, when the constitution was uh, adopted Mm. and it did not have power-sharing, government of national unity, as a permanent feature, he left the government of national unity.
1: So you're saying perhaps while he did one two three he did not necessarily envision the democratic constitution that came out of it the one that we eventually have and the democracy we we eventually uh, enjoy today
0: no no obviously i mean uh, you know you 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 always think well if we go in there we've got the numbers Mm. we've got the police There was also this notion that have always been believed and I think even the clerk and uh, most white people believe this thing that no, 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 no. You know, Opa Gozo has got Amakosa behind him. The Zulu Nation is behind the. With they've got the numbers. So mm. if, um, you know, White, the Zulu Nation, and some of the Kosa people mm. came together, uh, there's no way in which any of the liberation movement would be able to win outright majority.
1: Mm. People, obviously, now when he has departed, will talk about his legacy. We'll talk about his contribution. What is your take? What is your contribution to that conversation?
0: Well, my contribution is,
1: is exactly what I was saying, that,
0: you know, Batsonga would say, mm. So you've got to look at him in totality, but also be able to point out in
2: that
0: sense. So yes, I mean, one has to accept that um, You know, regardless of what the reasons were, Mm. him unbanning the the liberation movement, allowing political parties and political prisoners to come back home, Mm. starting the negotiations was important. It's very easy to say, well, you know, it was not out of uh, will. I agree. Mm. But if there is someone who met with Mandela a few times, Mm. it would be PW persons. But remember, even after the rent crashed in 1985, he did not uh, flinch. Mm. In fact, the closest he came was to try and say to Mandela, denounce uh, the ANC, denounce the armed struggle, mm. then we'll release you. Mm. But it was more like we'll release you to the trans guy, you know. So mm. so you've got that part, and then you've got the rest of the part that has said that he was a uh, conservative in general, and of course oversaw mm the death of many people, and that when he went to the TRC, Mm. he did not um, tell the truth and the whole truth.
1: As you say that about the truth, people are sceptical now with the apology video that we've just seen. Uh, The questions as to what exactly is his aim with that video.
0: I think it's more like, uh, you know, being calculative that, well, when I'm dead... How do I ensure that people remember me? Mm. I know that once I'm dead, they are going to say I was an apartheid uh, denialist. So maybe let me acknowledge the hurt and everything, you know, Mm. but it's uh, too little too late. It would have been better if he had done it when he was still alive, when he was in shape, when people could ask him, look. Let's accept that you may not have been involved in the killings. Mm. But tell us, what exactly did um, that memo mm. that was sent when you were Minister of Education that spoke about the elimination mm. of the Credo Paul? Mm. What do you know about the Trusted Massacre? Mm. Do you really think you don't know what happened with regard to these issues of, uh, of the patron and yeah. so forth? Mm. Obviously, you know, those kind of things. And I think if he was to say, look, this is what I know, mm. and maybe it would help bring closure and prosecution, I think people would be able to say, well, it was late, but I think some people would be willing to forgive.
1: And you were there at Codessa, so you were part of those negotiations. Um, you was in parliament, you were there, and I've seen him at close range. I wonder if you have any anecdote that you want to perhaps share of a close experience or encounter you've had with him. No, I mean I leave those to my friend Peter uh, Bowie because it seems <laughs> he, he has a, yeah. a
0: closer relationship. Yeah. No, no, no. I think I mean I know the relationship from a point of view of as in negotiations. Yeah. But remember, even in the negotiations, just like Mandela. Mm. He was not in all the in all the meetings. Mm. Uh, he was just a principal. Also, like I was saying, I mean, it, it, many people who were there at Cordessa One, you find that um, the ANC agreed to speak first. Mm. Many people spoke and so forth, and it was all cautious Until then, uh, you know, he said something about NK calling for their disbandment and things which had been discussed between him and Mandela and the ANC to say, look, don't bring up this kind of things because you're just going to make everybody angry. Mm. And I think many people will remember when Madiba said, I have a, a point of national importance to make. And he just tore to the guy and said, even, you know, an illegitimate leader, someone like you, mm. is supposed to have some integrity, but you really just don't have.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Slow. I appreciate your time.